0: Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. Welcome back, you guys, for another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Some of you guys are watching on our YouTube channel, which is awesome, at demandgen.tv. Don't forget to click on subscribe with notifications turned on because I want to make sure that you guys get this content we make it for you every single week. Today, you guys are in for a treat. You know, sometimes I tell you guys that we have authors on the program, and sometimes we have marketing practitioners on the program. And today is a unique day, because we have both in one person. Let me welcome to the program, Latney Conant. How are you? So good to see you.
1: Uh, Dave, David, or what I like to say, Dilu. Dilu, thanks for having me. Only this my closest friends
0: call me Dilu, so you're now on the closest friends list. Over, hey, that's,
1: in- that's a good place to be.
0: Well, we have known each other, um, not really intimately in terms of working together for years, but we've known each other, Latney, um, way back. She so used to be at Apereo back in the day, and when I was launching Demand Gen. Uh, companies like Apiro in the Salesforce ecosystem and myself in the marketing technology ecosystem running in the same circles. And those circles for for you and I have gotten closer and closer. And Latney is the chief marketing officer at Sixth Sense, which I'm sure a lot of you guys know about. And if you've been here on DemandGen TV where you're watching us right now, you know about, oh I guess it was about two, three weeks ago, we released six episodes on DemandGen TV about the Sixth Sense Platform and and one of them, the first one's called Six Cents in Six Minutes, where we tried to get the uh, the entire platform story down. And that led uh, to us talking today. And I said, why don't you come on the program and talk about your book that you wrote? And what I'm excited about the book is it's a recipe book, right? It's not one of those books that's incredibly academic and you you uh, you're bored. You're not bored with it. And it has recipes in it, things that you can do. but I also think the most important thing is that you practice what you preach. And this book was inspired by the work that you were doing there. So I'd love to talk about the book. I'd love to talk about life as a CMO these days. But let's start off with the book, Project Bold Moves. Tell me, tell me where the name came from, because that was the whole genesis for the book.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting, Dave, you know, again, my, my history with, with Appirio uh, coming into Sixth Sense was a little bit of a shocking transition for, for me. Yeah, um, You know, I felt pretty inadequate just with so much technology, so many buzzwords um, just felt pretty overwhelmed and thought to myself, what am I doing? This is a disaster. Um, I picked the wrong gig. And, you know, I, I cried in my uh, tequila or whatever. And then, you know, my husband said to me, you got to play to your strengths. And I thought, oh my God, I have no strengths. What are my strengths? And I started to think, you know, we at Aperio believed so strongly in customer experience. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole premise of that company, which was very successful, was, hey, you can technology is a catalyst for change, and you can revolutionize your customer experience with cloud-based technology. And I said, I know how to do that so let me let me take that frame of reference and look at today's marketing uh, in b two b and look at prospect experience. Mm-hmm. and do we really deliver a great prospect experience when you connect up all these things. And is that, is that what we're really trying to do? Um, and I think that honestly, if we all did that gut check, it's a little bit of a punch in the gut, but mm-hmm. the punch in the gut is the reality is it's not,
2: yeah.
1: um, it's, it's designed to capture emails with a form. And David, I mean the the reason that people work with you is because they want to they they want to learn from you mm-hmm. um, you know I talk a lot about how at sixth sense yes we sell technology but ultimately we sell change so I want people to to learn from me Why would I prevent that? yeah that seems really counterintuitive um, and and then the whole reason is to to get an email to then you know I, I say put them in put them in the one way, the nurture track, which is a one-way ticket to to no, you know, uh, unsubscribe island. And then we pass these MQLs, which you and I know that an MQL can be anything I darn want it to be. You want more MQLs? Let me just give some more points to this page on the website. Yeah. Oh, they attended a webinar. More points, right? It can be anything I want it to be. And so we passed these MQLs and sales is kind of left holding the bag, having to make cold calls, which are also not a great prospect experience. Right. So I was like, I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself right now. And let's, let's lean in. Let's, let's take this thread and unravel this sweater. (laughs) And so I came into my team. We were in the middle of an offsite and I said, you know, guys, we're sitting on this great technology. We, are, we, we can be a catalyst for change and to do things better. We've got all these insights. How do we, for, for just let's, let's forget about demand gen for a second, mm-hmm. which I know sounds ludicrous, but let's focus on the experience that we're delivering and, and what kind of experience will we ultimately wanna design? And if we can't do it, Nobody can do it. So we've got to prove that that we can do this. And I said, let's let's focus on an experience with no forms, no spam, and no cold calls. And I called it Project Bold Moves. Um, and we set out to do that. We didn't set out to to write a book. Um, we set out to really say, if we put the prospect and their experience in the center of everything that we do, and we use the, the insights that we're receiving mm-hmm. all the time, always on
2: mm-hmm.
1: about them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we design our process to really let them lead the dance and, and we follow, what will happen? You know, can we deliver predictable pipeline? Can we deliver that predictable pipeline at an industry-leading CAC? And that's what I set out to prove, um, and and the team really set out to prove, and and we did it, and we continue to do it. I mean, I I, I shouldn't say we did it. You're never done, you know how right. This is. You're never this, done in
0: marketing, that's for sure. You're never, never done. Sure. That's
1: what that's what makes it so fun. Um, you're never done, but but we made a lot of great headway, mm-hmm. and I think we. And so what what I started doing is coming out of Project Bold Moves is. I did a presentation at our conference uh, breakthrough mm-hmm. and I walked our customer base through exactly what we did, how we did it, you know, how we used the intent signal and the actual keyword in the intent signal to be what triggers the right ad at the right time, how that adjusts our content hub, how that triggers Um, BDRs and how BDRs talk about things that are relevant. And we really, we personalize for relevance, um, which I believe is a combination of four things. So to me, I I think the the word personal, maybe this is tomato, maybe it's tomato, but personalization has gotten overused, I think. And so I always encourage people to think about relevance. And to me, Dave, there's four components of being relevant.
0: Are you gonna share need... those four components, I hope? I am, you told
1: I... me you loved recipes. You told me you liked recipes.
0: I do like recipes. I, okay. w- I wanna I want know how to do it. Will you, will you I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit pause for a second, not technically, but when you share those four, I wanna come back to what you say, which a lot of people listening to this podcast or watching this video on YouTube as marketers every week they craft a new email with copy that they've written and a call to action to a form which has the asset that they're promoting and the person like you said from an experience has to open that email, engage by the subject line read the email, click on the call to action go get this asset, which now has a form in front of it, which could have five fields to 25 field, who knows, with a bunch of selfish questions that the marketer wants to know about them, right? Because there's really no reason to have to put a form in front of a downloadable asset. And you became very contrarian and said, we're gonna do Project Bold, move to do that. But then you write, you capture that, quote, lead, and there's big air quotes going around that. And then that goes into a marketing automation system that you said may go, may go through a scoring program that's good or not, may then status someone as an MQL or not, and pass that over to a salesperson and say, this person is an MQL. And they do this week after week, after week, after week. And that's their playbook for demand generation. And that playbook does not work anymore. It doesn't. And I'm not, I'm not crapping on scoring or nurturing. In fact, in chapter 1 when I was reading the book, there were some things I'm like, I want to talk to her about that cuz some things I don't quote agree with. I have a feeling that we would agree in theory around some of these things. Like I I don't think that MQLs like are worthless. Um maybe we'll come back to that, but I think that the way that people derive MQLs and can create a dependency on them creates a lot of false positive in the organization. So At this point, before you unveil that recipe, I do want to say that if that's how marketers are going to market, with the email du jour, the landing page du jour, and the asset, rinse and repeat, you have got to change your ways. And that's one of the reasons I want to have you on the program, because you were an agent of change at Sixth Sense, you started Project Bold Moves, and then now you've really documented that journey into, in the book, no forms, no spam, no cold calls. So. Congratulations for breaking the trend. I do wanna come back to why you were crying when you first got there. I don't think we hit that, but we'll come back to that. So what are so, those four?
1: So, okay, we're gonna do those four, but then I also wanna come back to yeah. um, MQLs and and how we'll, we'll talk about how I think about them. Um, so if you wanna personalize for relevance, I think there's four things that, that you need to know. Uh, you need to understand the account. Mm-hmm. Why is this account a good account for you to sell to? Why, why is it good for them to buy from you? Like what's your, what about their size or their recent funding or their firmographic technographic make it a fit? Okay. That's like bare minimum. hmm and that's what a lot of people do. That's bare minute.
0: Well, it's like match.com for a seller and a buyer, right? Who, what, what criteria, why is there a match between that, that account and your business yeah. and knowing If that? you don't
1: want to have kids and I want to have kids, I, we shouldn't even email, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. That's not a match, yeah. right? So just starting out with that, like super basic. And, and, you know, I think where most marketers get sideways is not, enough understanding of their market mm-hmm. and their I, I their TAM and then their ICP and what I call their in-market ICP. Um, but that that's a might be a conversation for another day. But so the first thing is, you know, that account fit. Second is it's an account, but it's also a person. Mm-hmm. And they have a job to do. And so how understanding that persona and, and how that persona then maps to the behavior. And so what I love is to understand, you know, dynamics of the account, dynamics of that persona, their intent keyword, and then last but not least, where they are in their journey. Why is all of this stuff relevant? Let me explain it to you. Mm-hmm. If you are ahead of sales, and you are researching predictive analytics, Mm -hmm. you don't care about lead scoring. You probably care more about forecasting accuracy, um, team performance. There's there's a totally different angle that that would lead you to to research that, that keyword. If you're early in your journey, you don't want a, a bunch of people calling you 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 just want to get educated on like why why predictive analytics even matters for sales like yeah. what um, you might want to see other thought leaders or other peers who are using predictive analytics mm-hmm. um, and you just want to get served up that content. If you're late stage, then it might be appropriate for a cadence or an email to get sent out. But again, I'm gonna put predictive analytics in the subject line. Mm-hmm. Cause I know Dave, that's what you care about. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna talk about lead scoring. I'm gonna talk about, you know, forecasting and making your, te- your team of sellers successful because I know your persona. Mm-hmm. And so it's like being able to gather all of this knowledge and A, tailor the approach and the content for early stage versus late stage tailor it for the persona, t- tailor it for their behavior being the intent keyword. And then you know, ultimately understand from account perspective, you know, make sure it's, it's a good account to sell to. So those four things I think are really critical to project bold moves in, in general mm-hmm. um, and being able to really deliver a world-class experience for prospects.
0: If I umbrella that, I think the first thing that that comes to mind, if you were trying to give a a recipe, like following recipe and food, if you want to make this amazing chocolate, flourless chocolate cake and you just. Is it? All right. So, but how do you do that at scale? Right. So I, I might be able to spend a whole day working on this cake for an upcoming party that I'm having which by the way, I'd probably go to Drager's and buy it. Cause I don't I do not know how to make baked goods at all. Segway. But what you just described, if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm saying, how do I do that at scale? How do I, I, I can't, I can't know all that information about an account. I barely know enough information about my business. Someone might be thinking in terms of who our ideal customer profile actually is. Now, if I, I actually understand that, how do I identify these accounts? At scale, so how do you address that?
1: Uh, I guess I, I guess you could say I cheat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean that that is why I feel the technology that's out there is so uh, honestly revolutionary
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I don't have to. And you know, one of the precursors to Project Bold Moves was I was a BDR for a day. Mm-hmm. And I went in and Dave, what you described, I mean, it was after lunch before we even put some emails together, right? Mm-hmm, Cause mm-hmm. we're looking at all, it was a complete waste of time. Yeah. Um, but what we wanna be able to do is to have, you know, an AI based platform that's literally always on, always looking for patterns and saying, Dave, these are the best accounts for you to sell to. This is the fit model. Mm -hmm. This is always, it's always on looking for new accounts that are gonna be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the persona model. It's showing you which personas within that account are showing intent. And it's saying if they're even a good persona for you to sell to or not, right? I don't care if the intern is on my website. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. We Mm -hmm. don't need to do anything about that, right? Mm um it's then being able to tell you that critical you know wh- what you care about what have you researched what are your top keywords mm-hmm. and then ultimately the timing and so much of the timing helps with the orchestration and and that's what really allows sales marketing and bdrs to really orchestrate a beautiful journey together without a lot of handoffs because it's very obvious where those handoffs should occur um, when you see the data, yeah. uh, right in front of you.
0: I would, and I would, I don't, I don't like the word handoff and I'm sure you didn't mean it in that sense of, it's just like when people talk about baton passing or the handoff, it, it furthers this siloing of responsibility and duties between marketing and sales. And we really are one team. Um, but from a handoff perspective, it's at some point it's time for a sales function to engage. Can I talk to you about exclusive resorts? I'm going to have the CEO from exclusive resorts on the podcast. I can't wait till James joins me because one of the things that I've been really impressed and it's, it's B2C exclusive resorts is a B2C business, but it's a considered purchase. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't just wake up this morning and say, I'm going to join exclusive resorts. And by the end of the day, you're an exclusive resorts member. There's a buying Mm -hmm. process that you go to. go through this information. However if you go to exclusive resorts and you go to their website and you want to get the book of the destinations to look at that and you fill out that form which is on the bottom of their website you will receive outreach from someone. And we're gonna talk about James's approach to doing that because that particular form you know I'd like to get your perspective. Is that is that a cold call? If I go to their website and I fill out their form to say, I wanna get the book of all the different properties that they have, something like 300 plus properties, 70 some odd different destinations, should someone make that phone call?
1: You know, I think it depends on if the pattern shows that that's the right time to Mm -hmm. call, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the advantage that I have is when you look at pattern after pattern after pattern, And you can see for a particular business segment, a particular buying team, when the right time is, you know, that's when you make the call. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I will say in that instance, somehow you were warmed up, somehow you got to that website, somehow you clicked around. Now you're just one person In our world, David, I would want to see you. I'd want to see maybe your wife. I'd want to see, you know, potentially a few other people, that buying committee,
2: yeah.
1: right? Because I think, you know, I talk to a lot of people all day long about account-based, and I think one of the big challenges that marketers have is going from working a lead to working an account. Yeah. And this is such a critical concept because in sales, the reason you lose deals is because you're single threaded. Mm
2: -hmm. It happens
1: all the time. And we set sales up to be single threaded when we pass a lead or a contact or our marketing response is around a lead or a contact. So one of the most important things to think about is whether it does come inbound and it is truly a hot inbound, they want a demo and that's a pretty awesome intent signal or whether it's more multiple people on the website and it's that in-market intent signal, you still should work the account. You still want to work the entire buying team. And that's a pretty big change management with that kind of um, MDR, SDR team that we're very proactive about working through with people. Um, and it's pretty critical uh, to, to, again, making sure that sales isn't working a, a, or having to do cold calls, but they're right. really getting these warm buying centers percent um, that are in market.
0: So why did you cry when you got there? Like, here's the thing, if you guys can't tell, let me just say, because nobody on a podcast, especially when they're the chief marketing officer of a tech company, wants to talk about the product to make it seem like an infomercial. But underneath what Latney is saying, she uses the Sixth Sense platform. They use the Sixth Sense platform for achieving what she and the team does there. So why, when you landed there, were you feeling what you were feeling? Was it going from big company to small company or what was what was some of the reasons? Because I think you and Elliot and Jason, the team, you know, are really excited, really passionate about it. So I want, to, I want to hear what was, uh, what was not going well. By the way, as you're telling this, I'm going to grab a piece of paper and a pen, and we're going to demonstrate this predictive technology in real time. And this is not rehearsed. This is, this is either going to be like a really big smash in the face failed experiment right here live on YouTube, or something fascinating for all of you guys that you will drop a comment below about. But I'll get that ready in just a moment. So why were you so upset?
1: Well, so first of all, you have to understand this was almost three years ago, so <laughs> pretty different uh, company at, you know, at the time. And it had nothing to do with the technology. You know, I think, um, I don't know if it's a, a female thing or, or what, but, you know, we all have inferiority complexes and I just, I tend to be a. Over prepare, over studier. You know, you'll see in the book. I don't just throw things out that I haven't actually done and I haven't proven. And um, you know, I was always in the front of the class, taking all the notes, and um, and in every study group. And so it was just the Martech landscape was a very different world for me um, with a lot of jargon, a lot of buzzwords and i just was worried that maybe i didn't know what i was doing. and um and sometimes, you know, i guess not, ignorance is bliss or a little bit of naivete is is probably good. Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably why i did declare project bold moves, right? There's enough, enough naiveness.
0: <laughs> Nothing to lose, too. Right? Nothing to lose, yeah. you
1: know. Um and and the reality is we weren't um, using our product for our own selves in the way that I wanted to. Right. And the reason that I did join Sixth Sense was I had a failed ABM experiment mm-hmm. at at Apereo. Um, it was a huge waste of time mm-hmm. and energy, and we just shut that down. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I, I knew there was something so amazing um, and innovative in what we were doing. And it it was kind of the best way. It was sort of a wake up call for myself to be like, it's time to just go all in. And, um, and that's what we did. And, and, and it wasn't without resistance and, and challenges. Uh, but you know, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. That's one of my sayings. That is one
0: of your belief systems, a strong Mm -hmm. one. You talk about that in the book. Uh, I'm glad you talked about the, the insecurity feeling. I've talked to a lot of people over the last several years, young and older, about imposter syndrome and these feelings of insecurity. I've, I have a company All Hands today, which is exciting, by the way, because now our company All Hands is almost 500 people. And that's a big change from a couple of weeks ago when in, in All Hands for us was 80 people because we became part of BDO Digital. And this is the first time I'll get to meet the entire team and I'm presenting uh, for about a half hour uh, to them. And I'm really excited to share with them, you know, who we are and properly introduce my group um, to the broader group. And one of the things that I'm gonna share with them, Latne, is is your world. And I don't mean just you, I just mean every CMO. Like, it's a very scary time to be a CMO. It's a very difficult time to be a CMO. All eyes are on you. And as you said, you got to a company that had, I'm going to say this, I think a tarnished reputation, um, some failed experiments in your go to market for six cents over the years. I can't remember when six cents was founded, but you know, there was, there was a start and it was a slow start to building the first 10 customers and then 20 customers and the product went through different positioning, went through different messaging, went through different pricing strategy. And you came in at a time when, you know, leadership was changing and the company was like, if we're going to make it, we got to go all in and, and make some changes here. And so leadership changed and you guys have done a very great job of pulling yourself a, a bit of a phoenix, if you will, pulling yourself out from where things were to do that. How would you feel about the pressure on you knowing it wasn't just you? It's going to take the entire leadership team to take the company to a new level. But what were you what was going through your mind, talking to your husband, feeling at night, if you can really, really share the the fears that you had or the concerns that you had about being able to make the contribution you needed to?
1: So I came in at a really good time in that Jason Zintac had been there a, a bit and had really built a top-notch sales team. Um, Sanjay had, had done a great job on the customer success side the product was there. It, you know, the product worked, it was proven. We just had, you know, no one knew who we were.
0: Right. Uh, Or if they knew who you were, I would say, you may not want that brand identity, that association, because like you said, things had evolved considerably. So no one, no one knew. And if they did know, maybe it was time to take a second look.
1: Yeah. And so I actually, you know, I, I actually don't think it's a sixth sense, Thing for me, I think it's more of a personal pattern, and that that's what my husband kind of showed me is he's like, even though at most most companies I kind of stay a while um, because I say it's a it's a cause not a job, and I I join places where I haven't worked in the last past fifteen years because I just love what I'm doing and what we're all about. Um, but I, I tend to be an entrepreneur. So like, give me the project no one wants. Like, right? give me the, I'll figure, like, I love that. I thrive on that. And, and he just said, Latney, I have seen you do this so many times. The first three months, you are so hard on yourself. You think you suck. You think it's not gonna work. You know, six months later, you have a small win and you feel a little bit better. Nine months, you freak out again. And it takes you like a year and then it's like all good, but you go, I, you know, we've been married almost 20 years. I've seen you go through this pattern. And so I think it's just my own neuroses, honestly.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And, and we do it to ourselves, right? We're, we're, we're sometimes our own worst, worst enemies. And so that's why when, yeah, I had somebody who could kind of zoom out and say, babe, I've seen you do this so many times just do what you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, to me, what I knew was if we really went all in on proving this new way of doing things, whether you call it ABM or ABX or, or whatever, but really, again, I believe in experience. And mm-hmm. I believe that brand trumps demand every time because brand is experience. Yeah. I will always invest in experience. Yeah. Um, it's just so, so, so critical. It's and the number one
0: thing it matters most in the everything. number
1: one thing. And and that's why at Aperio we had higher rates than Accenture often, right? Yeah. Because we built that. We yeah. built that brand and that experience. And that's what I knew how to do. And I said, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do that. And and I'm gonna prove that this product is what will differentiate us. And if we build our go-to-market built on this we will have predictable pipeline. We'll have the type of experience that make people want to, want to buy from us. we we'll, I'll be able to teach our customers what we're doing. Um, so I just knew it was the right thing to do and, you know, trust, trusted my instincts. And I talked to marketers a lot, obviously. And so do you and, um, and particularly female marketers and, when I go back and look in my career at the biggest mistakes that I've made,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they've been when I didn't trust my instincts. That's when I got off my game. And so, you know, I just try to you know, have a good support system around me to say, you know, you, you keep the faith. Mm-hmm. You got it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I like, I like that you, uh, you, you took Project Bold Moves and documented it and put it into a book. I want to do our experiment in a moment, but, um, how do people, you, you know, you were nice enough to send me a copy of the book. How, how are most people getting your book these days?
1: Well, it's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's both audio. We have an audio book. So if you really want to hear my voice for like two hours (laughs) or whatever it is. Um, and then obviously the, the physical book as well as Kindle. Um all of if you buy the book all of the um money actually goes to uh, our charitable arm good sense. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And then I mean, you know, David, if you want to give books out to your listeners, let's do it. Let's get I them all a copy. Have,
0: I have done that very often. Um I'll tell you something strange about this. So I've offered my book in hard copy format for free. I have offered other peoples, like Sangram's book, for free. Uh, And you know a very small percentage of people follow up and ask for a free book. So what I'm going to do today, because I love that offer, is I'm going to have your crew send me 10 books and I'm going to apply the model of scarcity. So instead of saying, (laughs) everybody can have a free book and know that only a handful of you will respond, I'm going to get 10 copies. and the First ten people to ask for a free copy of the book, no forms, no spam, no cold call. We will we will mail you a book. Uh, and I would love And the... maybe
1: a flowerless chocolate cake, because those are good too. I can't
0: make those <laughs> at scale. I can barely make one. I want to go to Drager's. All right. So let's um let's do this uh online experiment, podcast, YouTube experiment and talk about predictive in the context and, and Latney has no idea what's about to happen. Um, you don't have to close your eyes, but I just want to let you guys know, like, I'm going to hold this up. She cannot see this because of the, the video software that we're using. Um, I know you can see her and you can see me, but she cannot see my video feed cause my video feeds going into the software to record this. So I want you to picture out in front of you, there is a piece of paper folded in half and it has some numbers on it. And the numbers are very simple. It's just one, two three and four okay got it you can see it in your mind
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right mm-hmm. pick a number out loud three what do i have on the back of the piece of paper the number three and by the way i'll show you that there's there's Did i picked there. right you picked right, I picked right? <laughs> you picked right um that's a really good bar trick if you guys if you if you guys uh, get nothing else from today's podcast and hopefully you get a lot. That's a fun trick to do uh, in front of people. Why? Because most people in a social environment or social people, they're they're extroverts. Um, most people will pick three. I didn't know what Latney would pick. She could have picked any number. Um, it's It's a fun, fun little trick. And there's others. The reason I want to show that is like if you guys go to YouTube, which some of you are on right now and you are interested, like I'm into drones. I like DJI drones. Um, there's a there's a multiplayer video game called Call of Duty warzone I play that I've searched and watched lots of videos what will YouTube do serve up content to me regularly that is of interest to me and that is that kind of customer experience that you're saying we want to deliver we want to give people the right content right. at the right time all right so this little this little game that we just played in predicting three you know this at a machine learning algorithmic, level is how predictive works, it is, is not necessarily how the Sixth Sense platform works, I don't want to dumb it down to that. But if you if you take enough data about buyers and what they search for and what they own and what they have, and use all of these interesting data points, and you bring it all together and take a supercomputer to figure out these algorithms, that's how you can find your buyers and people in market and is the power of Sixth Sense. If you guys haven't watched some of the other videos on the Sixth Sense platform, Imagine TV, I encourage you. And that's, you know, Ladney gets the cheap because she gets the technology. You got a really good deal on the technology as well, working for Sixth cents. Why were you nervous as we wrap up? Why were you nervous about Project Bold moves? Like you have to believe your own BS, right? You you have the tools and technologies. You should be able to shed all of those classic dysfunctional marketing tactics when you have that technology. So why why were you nervous? So, well,
1: you know, uh, one, one, boards are used QLs. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they are. Right.
1: And I'm rocking in like, no, we're, we're all about experience here.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? So that took some change management. Our head of sales, he, you know, he came from, he grew up as a BDR and he was like, I don't understand why we're not pounding the phones every single day. I said, no, they still call. We still make calls. Uh, but this is how we're going to do it. Um, so, you know, it, it was more just unpacking uh, the, the premise for folks and, and bringing them along and, yeah. and less about um, being scared. And, and you know, again, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And and the results started to speak for themselves pretty fast, which, uh, you know, we have a saying at Sixth Sense, data doesn't lie. And so, you know, when you just with no emotion, present out the data, you know, the, these particular in-market opportunities are going to close 20% more often, 20% faster and have 40% higher, you know, ASPs. Yeah, It's, it's pretty easy to start to get people on board.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad it's working for you guys. I know, uh, I think it was last quarter, you guys had a record quarter in terms of pipeline growth and, you know, the numbers are coming in and that's, that's what matters. When you make a big, bold move like you did. Uh, it can't be a failed experiment. It
2: cannot. And, and It cannot. cannot.
0: I'm glad it's paying off as we wrap up this episode. Here's the rules, guys. I'm only giving away 10 free books because I don't even know if more of you will ask for it. No, you, you, you guys got to take some action items here. I want to make sure that you engage with us. If, if you're on YouTube right now or you're listening to the podcast, all you need to do is go to LinkedIn and connect with me and all I ask in return of the free book is that you click on subscribe and you maybe drop a comment or a like in the pocket. I want you to get the book cuz I think you're going to learn from it. And by the way, if we run out of books, you know where to go? Hit up Latney. Latney will get you a, a book, she will. And then if you're if you're one of those people who doesn't want to ask for a free copy of the book because that's just that just doesn't feel comfortable to you, then there is a link in the comments below. We'll link to the landing page that has no forms on it, by the way, uh, so that you can watch. You know, there's chapter one, bedtime story version. Uh, You can get chapter one read to you, not by Latney, but a member of her team in front of a fireplace with a nice scarf around (laughs) his neck, as I remember. So if you want to hear a little bit more about the book, check out the link below. Thank you for joining me. And thanks again to your team for coming on Demand Gen TV and doing show and tell of the product. Because I just think that you know people have to see these modern technologies and how they can apply them to their their business. Will you give my best to the team?
1: Will do. Will do. Thank Um, you. Can't wait to meet in person.
0: Yeah. I'm ready, by the way. I'm ready. I w I want wanna plan a party called Pandemonia. That's how I'm going to brand the party because I I think us marketers can step up to that branding, don't you think? Totally. They're ready. They're ready to get out in the wild. All right. All right, you guys, that is going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Uh, radio. Thank you, Latney, for joining me. And thank you guys for joining us here, either on demandgen.tv or on the podcast. Don't forget to click on subscribe. And uh, I'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn. If there's a special guest or a particular topic that you want me to cover, I'm always welcome to your ideas. So thank you very much for that. We will catch you guys on the next episode. Take care.